This is an Area Code podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Sweet Tea, the place for delightful conversations. Confrontations. Look, that's how I'm feeling today, fam. That's how I'm feeling. So yeah, this is a place for delightful conversations and confrontations (laughs) about tough topics. Um, I am your host, Portia Collins. And I am your other host, co-host, side chick host, side piece (laughs) host, hostess with the mostest, Jasmine Holt. (laughs) What's up, girl? Hey, girl? How you doing? Girl, I am just really glad that we decided to do this podcast and talk about how we feel about um, Biden and Harris being uh, presumed winners of the presidential election and just getting, <laughs> just getting into all of the fraud allegations and just like getting our hands dirty and talking about Kamala as like an example to black young women everywhere. You know, I'm just really excited that that's, that's what we're tackling today. I'm sorry y'all thought that's what was happening it ain't I ain't got nothing to say baby I put all of my thoughts on my private Instagram and made sure that it was set to not go to my Facebook because I was like I want to share this with my friends I am not going to like broadly sharing no thank you Right, no, right. You, right. Not today. I ain't got, not right now. I ain't got time. Right. 2020 is enough. Exactly. Enough without exactly. the scrutiny that that would incur. So sorry, guys. Um, but I'm sure there's lots of other podcasts talking about election and thoughts and, and feelings. And, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of brings us to our main point for today. There are there are lots of other podcasts with with different purposes and 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 different focuses and um, different mm-hmm. hostesses who do not know, for instance, that Austin is the capital of Texas. You know, I'm like, if you want <laughs> to talk to somebody who doesn't know that Helen is the capital of Montana or can't say all the presidents in order, then there's other places that you can go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. But I will say, I do appreciate our listeners who get our vibe. They like our vibe. They're hanging with us. Um, I got a couple of comments that I've been checking out. So that's what today's um, going to be about. It's going to be about answering, reacting to, answering a couple of um, comments. And Portia's going to be reading them because I have a no reading comments policy. And I- I'm, pro- I'm probably going to adopt it. All right. So the first one, uh, I'll do the good good feedback. Yeah. Just first. first. And so um, this one we got on October 11th. Love both of your faithfulness to scripture and hearing different perspectives. Would you ladies unpa- unpack more of the biblical womanhood rhetoric which parts of that movement is more cultural and not necessarily biblical. And then they say, keep it up, ladies. So, so nice. thank you. Thank you. I don't really know who this is from. It's like initials, but thank you, whoever you are. We appreciate that. We absolutely do. 
And I guess we're going to engage that com- that question. Yeah, we'll do that Uh-oh. one first. And that's that's an example of a of a comment where what she asked us to do is something that we're already doing. So we're super happy to press further into talking about mm-hmm. biblical womanhood. And, you know, if any time we touch on the topic and you guys want us to go deeper or revisit, we are so happy to do that because we're always looking for ideas anyway. So, right. Absolutely. Um, so I pulled up a, a, a PowerPoint that I used for a talk about biblical womanhood that I did at Legacy back in 2018. Um, mm-hmm. And biblical womanhood is something that I love to talk about um, mm-hmm. because I hate it. <laughs> it's like I love to hate it and it's like what you hate biblical womanhood I don't hate biblical womanhood I hate the right. the title biblical womanhood that has become an umbrella for all kinds of extra biblical stuff um yeah Christian womanhood scripture-led womanhood I'm all about that um yeah biblical womanhood Come in on. its truest form I'm all about that but I guess I so in in my powerpoint um I have an example of some some baggage uh that comes along with biblical womanhood this these quotes were called from books that I read uh growing up about biblical womanhood they were really popular um okay so if you are a wife you were created to fill a need. And in that capacity, you are a good thing, a helper suited to the needs of a man. This is how God created you. And it's your purpose for existing. Another quote, mm-hmm. the only position where you will find real fulfillment as a woman is as a helpmeet to your husband. Another one, God's ultimate goal for you is to meet your husband's needs. Again, God has provided for your husband's complete complete sanctification and deliverance from temptation through you his wife Mm. god's original intention was that a woman would spend her life helping her husband fulfill his dreams and ambitions god says he made adam like himself and for himself adam was created for god's glory god made a person like himself someone who could enjoy the things god enjoyed verse 7 finishes by reminding us that woman was created as glory to the man God looked at his friend, Adam, and knew Adam needed someone for his own glory, someone to be his supporter, helper, and friend. I got more. Within your reach is the possibility of a happy marriage. You can bring it about independent of any effort on the part of your husband. So you hold the keys to your own happiness. If your husband is involved with another woman, deal with it in the following way. First, ask your husband if you did anything to drive him away. Deep in his heart, every man longs for admiration of his manliness, his masculine skills, abilities, achievements, ideas, dreams, and manly body. He hungers for this as for bread. Just as you need love, he needs admiration. In fact, the center of a woman's happiness in marriage is to be loved, but the center of a man's is to be admired. Masculine men tend to be decisive, steadfast, and aggressive. These traits seem to be uniquely masculine. In contrast, feminine women tend to be vacillating, submissive, and compliant. It is not always possible or even right for a man to make his wife number one in his life. This is due to the nature of his life. His number one priority is to provide the living. I'll stop it. Well, you know, people often ask, like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean cultural? What do you mean baggage? What do you mean? And I'm like, I'm, I'm glad you asked. I have lots of examples for you. This, this is from mm-hmm. um, two or three books that as a young, homeschooled, mm-hmm. fundamentalist adjacent young woman, I was recommended a lot, um, read a lot. And even though they're like extreme, I do think that the less extreme version of those thoughts 
definitely exists in a lot of teaching about biblical womanhood. But I, Portia's face right now is so sublime. Um, I want yeah. her to try to voice the face that she's making. Oh, goodness. That's what it is. It's like, oh, like, I can't, like, I'm like, it's like a grimace mm-hmm. because immediately, like I said, I have not always been familiar with like reform mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. or a lot of the the jargon that's used or the expectations or anything. But yeah, so as a person who's not familiar with, I guess you would say this culture or what has been I would say perpetuated because the first thing that I'm looking at when I say is like, but that ain't what the Bible says. Right. That's the first thing that I'm saying. That's not what the Bible says. And I'm thinking about like, even as a person who's becoming more familiar with catechisms and things like that. First, what is the chief end of man? What is it? Jasmine, tell us what the the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So based on what I just heard you read from all of these quotes, it seems as if the chief end of man, and when I say man, I'm just not talking about male man. I'm talking mankind, humankind. Yes. Humankind. So it seems as if what is being conveyed through these particular books is that the chief end of man is to, or woman is to, Leah for her husband's glory. And if she doesn't have a husband, then she's not really living up to um, her her purpose, which is which is his glory. Yeah. So so for me, that's automatically off the rip a, a gross misinterpretation and misapplication of scripture. Yep. And these are again, right. these are from published books. This is not a one off comment that I heard somewhere on the street. No, mm-hmm. this is literally material that I read. Um, mm-hmm. uh, another example is the whole trope of the 1950s housewife. Um, yeah. A few years ago, this infographic went around Facebook. Portia, I don't know if you remember it. It was tips to look after your husband. And it's uh-huh. from a 1950s home ex book. And it's mm-hmm. like, have dinner ready, plan ahead, even the night before to have a delicious meal on time. Prepare yourself. Take 15 minutes to rest so you will be refreshed when he arrives. Clear away the clutter. Make one last trip through the main part of the house just before your husband arrives. Prepare the children. Take a few minutes to wash the children's hands and faces. Minimize all noise. At the time of his arrival, eliminate all noise of washer, dryer, dishwasher, or vacuum. Try to encourage the kids to be quiet. Some don'ts. Don't greet him with problems or complaints. Don't complain if he's late for dinner. Count that as a minor compared to what he may have gone through during the day. Make him comfortable. Have him lean back on a comfortable chair or to, or suggest he lie down in the bedroom. Listen to him. Make the evening his. Never complain if he does not take you out to dinner or other parties or entertainment. Instead, try to understand his world of strain and pressure and his need to come home to relax. The goal is to try to make your home a place of peace and order where your husband can renew himself in body and spirit. <sighs> this thing went around and I had a lot of um, a lot of friends posted it and they were like, you know, I think we've, we've gotten to this place sometimes where we want to make people mad. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like we post up and we're like, I don't see what's wrong with this. Right. I think this is perfect. Right. And it's like, you know, maybe nothing's wrong with it. Right. I mean, you know, when Philip comes home right. from work, I check, when <laughs> Philip comes in from the from his office, I try to have his dinner ready. That's just what I do. I love to do that for him. Um, mm-hmm. but when Philip gets mm-hmm. off work, I'm like, all right, I've had the kids all day, so 
now you get to spend some time with them. And you might say, but he's been working all day. And then I would reply, so have I. Right. Whether or not I'm working outside the home, I also have been working all day. Right. It's it's this this idea of like it's not a team effort. Right. And it's all about curating a perfect home for your husband yes. instead yes. of him being an active member in the household. Right. So that those are I think those are two examples that I can that I can give you that are that are really obvious um, yeah. of cultural versus biblical womanhood. And also just what we talked about as far as like not every not every family gets the luxury of not being right. a two income household. Right. Right. What about women whose husbands have passed away? What about women who never marry? What about women who maybe have been abandoned by their spouses? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it's like it, this leaves no room right. for that. Right. And it's almost like my existence is not worth anything if I don't have a man. Yep. And honestly, I think especially as an African-American woman who has seen this pan out so much Mm -hmm. I think that is I I don't think that it is a bad desire to desire Mm -hmm. like companionship and to be married and things like that but what where we go wrong is when we begin to I guess you would say idolize this and we put it on such a pedestal that we we forget to see that ultimately Mm -hmm. our fulfillment comes from God. I right. always go back to John Piper's quote. I love it. I don't care how people, you can feel how you want to feel about him, but I love it where he says, God is most satisfied. Um, well, hold on. Let me get it God right. God is most satisfied in us when we're most, or my God's most glorified in us. We are most, well, we are most satisfied in him. Yeah, there we go. Um, and so like, that's what I like. Ultimately our purpose Man and woman is to bring glory to God. And how do we do that? There's a variety of ways outlined in scripture how God uses man and woman for his glory, but he doesn't just limit that that purpose. Um, in the case case of women, he doesn't limit that to just being a wife and a mom. Mm-hmm. And Gloria Furman talks about like if your version of biblical womanhood doesn't work in every context, then it's not biblical. If it's Come not on. attainable for women in every context, I think it's yeah. Lori that says that. But yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, um, we have a very like post-industrial idea of like the man goes into the workforce and then we stay home and we like, it. The, we've only been doing this whole 1950s housewife role play thing for the last, what, 150, 200 right. years? That's, right. that's not what things have looked like across cultures and across time. Right. Um, and it's not even what things look like when Paul gave the directive for women to submit to their husbands. We, right. we talked about that already. Um, right. right. So I, I just think I and Portia knows and maybe Portia, you can testify. I baby my husband. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's the case. I, that's what we want you guys yeah, to hear. Just, I mean, I it's, do. It's not that we're just telling our husbands to go out there and no, like rough it. This man doesn't example. cook. This man doesn't do his own laundry. This man don't. I mean, I baby my husband. Yes. I do. And that's yes. just, that's my choice. That's just what I do. But what mm-hmm. I'm not going to do is be like, that's how every household has to be. And it makes me more ready exactly. to do that. No, my husband's love language is service. And my most right. comfortable love language is acts of service. Right. And if him not having to cook a meal makes makes him feel loved great and when I have a mental breakdown and I need a day off of mommy he's there for me that's also great so I just think like learning your spouse and loving them in the way 
that fits them, fits your life, fits the occasion. And also just not seeing marriage as an end unto itself because it's not. Come on. It's not. Come on. It's not, well, it's not the chief end of man. Like, that's what it's I thought. It's not, there is so much more. And I'm telling you now, if, like, and that's the hamster wheel that I often talk about that we find ourselves on. Oh, let me just get married. And now I'm going to fulfill that deep longing that I have. And then you get married and you're still looking crazy because it's like, okay, I'm still feeling the same. Yeah, I'm still feeling this way. Well, now let me have a kid. And maybe that's going to fulfill the deep longing that I have. And you have a kid and you're still feeling the same way. It's because we were created for more. We were created. Ultimately, the relationship that our souls long for is with God period. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Now, granted, he created us in community and he tells us to not forsake that and that we should, you know, um, be intentional about our relationships with people, but our relationships with people can never, ever, ever be a substitute or replacement for our relationship with God. do a little bit of exegesis uh i know it's your favorite thing it's not my favorite thing you know it is but i know it's not my favorite thing but i will say exegesis of genesis one through three i feel like that's just different from exegeting any other part of the bible because it's just so foundational things aren't yes. messy yet it's just god saying this is what i want and people being you know and i love i love it so when i go back and i read the creation account some phrases that stick out to me and this is from i think i wrote i wrote this down uh, i was reading the csb but some phrases that stick out to me um and it was so he speaks and it it was so Mm -hmm. um and god saw that it was good Mm -hmm. and he says be fruitful and multiply Mm -hmm. and he talks about after their own kind um Mm -hmm. first of all and it was so i just love that all god has to do to make something happen is speak right right it's amazing um god saw that it was good not only can god speak and it's so he speaks and it's good over and over again god obeys his creation and is pleased and before before sin enters the world it's everything that he intended it's every perfect thing that he intended so like looking at life before the fall you are seeing god's perfect plan for humanity it was good And then he tells people to, he tells everything to be fruitful and multiply. So that shows that he's 
wanting to sustain his creation. He's not wanting to just create one generation and then it's over. He creates this amazing, complex, self-sustaining like world. And by self-sustaining, I don't mean that he doesn't have a part in it, but I mean that he creates processes and watches over right. processes that sustain right. for the rest of time. So he could continue to just keep speaking things into existence generation after generation, but he wants us to take part in that creation and in that cultivation. And I just think that that's amazing. And it also, it also shows that male and female is necessary. We can't be fruitful and multiply without each other, right? And then he Hurry says, up. after Hurry their up. own kind, he created things after their own kind. And that I love because it paints Adam and Eve's relationship, not just as this like love story, which I think people are like, oh, Adam was lonely and he needed Eve for companionship. But it's like, right. he created everything else after its own kind. Mm-hmm. And Adam's own kind, which is humanity, was uh -huh. not complete without women. Come on, Not girl. Adam wasn't complete without Eve. Humanity was incomplete without women. Yes. He created Come her on. as a helper suitable. Not just in a marriage relationship helper suitable, but to help with mm -hmm. the mission that God mm -hmm. had, had given Adam. Mm -hmm. To help mm -hmm. with the mission that God had given humankind to be right. fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth, to subdue right. it, to subdue right. it, to subdue right. it, to mm -hmm. subdue it, to subdue it, <laughs> to have dominion over, you, to rule <laughs> the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every right. creature that crawls on the earth. Mm -hmm. He gives this call yep. to Adam, and then he's like, and you can't do it by yourself. Right. Like Dominion gets characterized as men's work, but I just don't think that you can read that passage in context and not see Eve as a co-laborer and co-heir in the Dominion mm -hmm. mandate, especially because the word that God uses for helper is the same word he uses for himself. So you want to say mm -hmm. that his purpose is just incidental? Yeah. Oh, he on, needs girl. us so that he can be comfortable, you know, right. for right. his mission. No, he needs us for the mission. Exactly. And then that commission gets broadened when Jesus comes back and he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. Yes. And that wasn't it wasn't just applicable for no. males. It was for man, humanity, male and female. Right. Like I even think I think about I was going to just jump in here really quickly. Like even the careful phrases. What is it? Yeah. Genesis 127. So God created man in his own image. He created him in his, in the image of God. He created them male and female. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is some intentional language right there to help us understand like how as image bearers there's equality mm -hmm. in terms of how God created us now yes we are assigned different tasks yep but that does not take away from how we were created equally and how we were created equally for his glory yep. does that make sense yes. what I'm saying yes absolutely absolutely and it's just it's God's purpose for us is so much more beautiful than what we dwindle it down that we put it into 
And it's not even just to like, I am so grateful for Philip. Mm-hmm. And it is my pleasure and my honor to submit to a man's leadership that I can trust. I am mm-hmm. so blessed. Mm-hmm. But he's not the be all to end all of my existence. Is he the most important person in my life? Absolutely. Absolutely he is. But he's still just a person. God is the most important thing in my life and his calling on my life, like my submission to Philip and my life with Philip only glorifies God insofar as we're both submitting to God's call on our lives. Come on now. Come on. And I think that sometimes our vision of womanhood is so short-sighted that we don't have that. It's not even a caveat. It's not even a caveat because caveat makes it sound like, you know, it's like, hey, just be careful. No, no, no. It's the whole entire thing. It's the whole entire purpose. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so yeah, I just, I we've talked about this longer than we intended to, but I think it's so yeah. important to... To really look at look at the scripture. So anything that like and cultural things may be good, you know. Like I said, yeah. it may be awesome. Maybe your husband likes you to lay out his slippers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Just sure. And, and, and right, what you do in your household, like I said, it doesn't have to become a blanket or synonymous right. across each household. Right. I know. Like I'm aware of the things that my husband likes. I'm aware of the things that he doesn't like. And mm-hmm. I do make intentions. You know, well, I, I plan and I'm intentional about how I address those things, yep. you know, or yep. how I um how aware I am of the way that I serve him. Does that make yes. sense? The way yes. that I serve him. And that looks different and that's okay. You know? But I, I really think a lot of times people miss that is because honestly, we always want we want a perfect model. This is why we've taken Proverbs 31, uh, which was meant to be archetypal. And made it and a we've law. Taken, we've made it a law. Right, right. Even like I said, this is why legalism mm-hmm. exists, because we took the framework and we was like, OK, we got to plug it in like this. We got to plug like we have a tendency, even when it's good things we have a tendency to mess it up and we got to redirect ourselves. This is why we got to constantly revisit the truths of the Bible, why we need to learn these things and teach these things to our children and teach these things to others because we are prone to forget and we are prone to wander. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's like a, and even that question doesn't even scratch the surface of what's the difference between cultural womanhood and biblical womanhood. Like, I mean, um, the best advice that I can give is just interrogate every assumption that you have about womanhood. Absolutely. And hold it up to the scripture. Yep. Filter (laughs) through the lens of scripture every single time. Stop waiting for others to just spoon feed you answers and dig into that word for yourself. Especially when others are motivating you with shame. Yeah. Shame is not a gospel motivator for obedience. Nope. Nope. Shame is not a gospel motivator for obedience love is love is love is is. and i'm not talking about mushy gushy i always feel like it love i'm talking about the love that put christ on the cross cross. on our behalf kind of love i'm talking about thousands of years later i offer my own son as a ransom for you that's the kind of love i'm talking about so don't don't get it twisted i'm not talking about love i'm talking about married to my husband want to stab him in the head but still love his stanky draws type of love that's the kind of love i'm talking about 
<laughs> right. Love that perseveres, right. that believes all yeah. things, hopes all things. It's not just a First Corinthians 13 at a wedding kind of love, but an, uh, an exegeted First Corinthians 13 yeah. kind of love. So if your motivation is not a love of the scripture, a love of God's precepts, a love of God's law, and your motivation mm-hmm. is instead shame of what you mm-hmm. should be doing in the words mm-hmm. of my therapist, stop, mm-hmm. stop shooting yourself. Okay. Right. Stop it. Stop. Look at the Bible. What does it say? If it doesn't say that you need to be guilty over something, because guilt is for sin, then mm-hmm. we repent. Then we turn away. Right. Shame. That's right. a whole different story. Right. That, that's that's Satan's ammunition. That's, it's not that's God's. Verse in First Corinthians. Uh, I can't think of the. I can't think of the uh, verse, but it talks about godly guilt leads you to mm-hmm. repentance and worldly mm-hmm. guilt. Just mm-hmm. it just leads to more separation and more isolation and more of a down. I mean, it's just. Right. It's it's where it's basically where between I think first and second Corinthians when Paul had admonished the yes. Corinthian church, yes. uh, he, he, t- he told them to put the man out of your fellowship yes. in first yeah, Corinthians yeah. because he was sinning and he wasn't repenting about it. But then he got, went back and he told them now, you know, reconcile with him. Don't turn him over to Satan. Yes. Now is the time to really kind of like embrace him in the mm-hmm. sense of pointing him back mm-hmm. to the gospel, pointing mm-hmm. him back to Christ. And so I think we miss that sometimes and we just want to like X people out and put the X on without any idea to like fellowship, without any idea of like, but if, if you can't go to the scripture and Matthew 18 me about my biblical womanhood in a way that calls me to repentance of sin, mm-hmm. then your uh-huh. ideas are cultural, not scriptural. Because if they're right. scriptural, you can give me a right. biblical precept and say jasmine right. you are wrong and here right. here's i'm not gonna say book chapter and verse because that that can sound like um you know obviously some things are more like a, a thematic you know um, right. I, got you. I got you in other words book chapter and verse mm-hmm. yep i agree i agree i agree so yeah so that's our our spiel on thank you to whoever that that person was that submitted that passionate about that so thank you for giving us a chance to just talk about it because yes Yes. and it probably won't be the last time that we talk about it about shame i keep alluding to that we're gonna have an episode about shame because that is another thing that needs to be exegeted Brene brown is awesome but we need it from a biblical perspective and i would love to dive into that We got one other review. And speaking of it, we have Emmy here with me. Would you like to say hello? Say hi. Hello, I'm a fanboy. Oh, okay, great. All right. I don't know what you did. I don't know what you just said. Okay, now go back over there with you a cowboy. Oh, a cowgirl. How about that? Oh, she don't care. Cowboy. You know what? I don't need. I don't need gender inclusive language. No, so, I'm busy. She, she just told my mom, I'm busy now. This morning, somebody told me that last night there was a one-eyed, five-handed monster under his bed. <laughs> and he didn't sound scared about it. He sounded like it was amazing. And he was like, yeah, he was just under there. <laughs> <laughs> I love the imagination of children. I love it. I love it. So, yeah, so we got another comment. Um, I don't know. Okay, Amy, you got to chill for mommy, okay? 
Um, we got another comment. So this commenter said, ladies, I love you and what you're trying to do with this podcast. I love hearing your thoughts and insights and even your frustrations. I love that you are willing to tackle tough topics. What I wish you would consider is editing out interruptions from your children. I love that you are moms. I'm a mom and I have worked with kids my entire career. But when I'm listening to a podcast, it's frustrating to hear those interruptions when they can be easily edited out. Once in a while is one thing, but it's every episode. I feel like it's inconsiderate of the listener's time. Also, just an idea to throw your way. Would you even consider having guests on with differing views to demonstrate what that conversation would look like? I love that you are tackling hard conversations with Grace, but you agree with each other. I'd love to see that graceful dialogue demonstrated with folks you disagree with. It would be so helpful. You know, I mean, she had the compliment sandwich for the first half, and then she got the other piece of bread at the end. <laughs> it was almost uh, like, let me set you up because I'm about to let you down. I know. So let's put the second one first because that's easier. Uh, we, the only way that we would have anybody that we disagree with on the podcast is if they were just around when we when we sat down to record. Because, and here's why, this mm-hmm. podcast is part of the brand of this podcast. It is, it is a spur of the moment, two friends talking, let's just hit it. When can we record? Are your kids down? Are your kids, is your husband home? And so part of the nature of this podcast and the way that, the reason why we're able to do it for you every week is because it's, it's casual. It's super right. casual. So um, it's more of a letting people eavesdrop on our conversation than us trying to curate a conversation with opposing sides. Um, right. And that's something that we'll never have anybody else on the podcast. I, uh, right. My friend Abina was here um, before we started the podcast. But if, you know, she'd be an example of a person, a British person whose politics mm-hmm. challenge mm-hmm. all right. American evangelicalism thoughts and ideas. She'd be an amazing person to have on. And if she ever came and visited me and she was just here, I, we put her on. I want to say this. I, I was going, I want to say this too. The assumption, I mean, Jasmine and I have very open and good conversations and maybe, I don't know, maybe we could model more of this on air, quote unquote, but we don't always disagree, guys. Oh, I called Portia yesterday. Yes. I called Portia yesterday in a dander. <laughs> I had read an article and I was like, this is some crap. And she was like, I don't see it. I was like, how do you not see it? Are you dumb? <laughs> <laughs> and we worked through it. You know what I'm saying? We worked. Oh, hold on, Emmy. Shh. Okay. We worked through it. I can't wait to get to the other part. I know, of this bitch, I know. By the way, <laughs> I wish Wayne wasn't at school because he would have been hopping on too. <laughs> right, but yeah. So, like, like I said, we work through that and we talk, and then we we're you guys, I guess, get the the back end of the conversation a little bit after we've kind of fleshed out our, our and yeah, and pushed back. And even if you look at some of our other episodes, I mean, we, I have, I felt like pushback here, like, uh, you know, what do you think about this? Or, or, you know, give me the lead on this because I don't know. And so I feel like that's just kind of where we are. We're working with what we have, you know, like we're not opposed to having guests, but we're kind of just making this work the best way that we can. We are both working moms and we both work from home. 
90% of the time. So on, it's just, we're doing this podcast and we love it. We love it. We want to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And one way that we can keep doing it is we just, we keep the, uh, it's a low frills, you know, not having yes. to arrange guests, not having to, um, mm-hmm. it's, that's, that's just the part that works. And then also I'm just going to say right. as black women, mm-hmm. we are very careful about our displays of anger and disagreement. Uh-huh. Because it can be taken out of context. Completely out of context. So I'm going to call Portia when I disagree with mm-hmm. her and I'm going to go off. Yeah. Because I'm safe with her. Yeah. And she she's safe with me and we can just push back right. and we just can have a raw conversation. This is my sister. It's like my mm-hmm. big sister. And she's like, yeah. okay, twerp. All right. You, yeah. <laughs> you, you exactly. exactly. Um, but it's honestly, and I'm sorry, maybe I'll get to a place where I feel more comfortable doing that for the public, but... As a black right woman, now, we I'm not there. I'm not there. <laughs> right. Um, right. I, I'm more interested in presenting unity and sisterhood and kind of letting right. her cool off before we get on the podcast. And that's just, I mean, that's just me being completely honest. Exactly. And, and that's the thing that I want people to understand is like, I'm going to be honest. There's reservation there because there's not a lot of safe spaces Mm -hmm. for the way that we may express. Like we're, first of all, we're not perfect people. So we're not going to always curate or uh, our thoughts, the way when we're processing something, there may be some error there. There may even be some sin there that Jasmine got to say, hold up, Portia, slow your roll. You wrong, wrong. You know? And so, Jasmine, there's a, there's a level of grace and comfort that I feel there that Jasmine can put my shoes on straight and point me back to Jesus and not over scrutinize that. Right. right. In, in a world where now you have to be so careful with what you say on Twitter, on your Facebook page, on everywhere else. Like I feel like we're doing good to even present this yeah. to give this and we, we to have, the audience. We have each other's back. We have to have each other's back. Yes. So you don't get the benefit of seeing when we disagree because we're ha- that's that's us having each other's back. Come on, and that's just Come on. that's this podcast. And if you want, right. I mean, I'm sure there's other podcasts that are that are different. Right, and that leads us into the first part. And I was gonna say, if somebody ever want to have us on their podcast, you know, and say, hey, we disagree with you on that. I'm willing. I don't know about Jasmine, Girl, but I'm willing. I'm shady. I'll be like, you disagree with me, and why are you listening? Stop listening. And why are you listening? <laughs> I'm all like, listen to voices that are different than you. And then they're like, okay, I disagree with you. And I'm like, stop listening, okay? So right. I need to work on that. Right. But Portia will come on. <laughs> and I'll drag Jasmine with She'll me. drag me. She does. Reluctantly. She'll, she'll do. do. <laughs> right. All right. So the second part of the question was basically about the interruptions from our children and the inconsiderate. Right. So can I be can I be honest? Like y'all don't y'all really get I think we just talked about black black anger. So let's uh (laughs) Yeah, and and so I think y'all get a lot of the spice with Jasmine and you get the sugar with me. Mm -hmm. Well today I think that comment brought out a little bit of spice for me. A little bit a lot a lot of bit like oh seven Porsche. Yeah. Usually I'm the tea and Porsche's the sweetness, but today I was the tea baby, <laughs> all of the tea. Because here's two things that I don't play about my man and my baby. Okay, yeah. I don't play about. And so I, I, I'll process this. I'm I'm gonna be honest and process how I was feeling with this. Being a mom, like I understand that this could be edited out, but we choose not to. First of all, let's even back up. We have a whole production team. We're not the ones that's just editing 
and giving direction Praise and God. producing this podcast. Praise God, because it wouldn't happen. There is a bunch of people, even people on the other podcasts, I mean, they give us feedback and, you know, we're all bouncing ideas. Like, this is a collective. Yep. And so without this group, there would be no sweet tea because Jasmine and I don't have the capacity to even, I've done podcast editing and recording and it would take up so much time. So that's one assumption that I want to kind of correct is we're very aware that we could edit out some of this, but we choose not to. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's real. Yeah. And I know it, for some people, I'm not going to take away the fact that it may be distracting. That's it. That it, I agree. But kids sometimes can be distracting and it's something that we deal with but like me being a mom, it doesn't stop. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to pretend or perpetuate this perfect Stepford wife type thing just because somebody else doesn't like it. So I guess right. what I'm saying in a nutshell is you're probably going to hear Emmy. Yeah. I mean, you're probably gonna hear Emmy a lot. we're trying to show you like we're we we are all about not curating what it right. means to be a working mom we already have to curate what it means to be a black woman for you right we're not Come about on. to curate motherhood too right. uh, i'm sorry like we want to get close to what it is yep. you know yeah as we can yep. and so this is an element where we feel comfortable sharing and this this is the hard part i guess that's what i'm struggling with jasmine is because like we felt like this was a safe spot, you know. Oh well, this is something we can be really authentic with our yeah, children. We're, we're gonna start this, and we're gonna set the we're gonna set the culture here. And the culture here is yeah. if your kids are in the background, your kids are in the right. background because you're a mom, and working moms means kids in the background sometimes. Exactly, and I like you know feeling like that's the safe thing. Oh, that's not something that somebody could nitpick about. Right. And then here we turn around, and so I just really I want to encourage people. Like I want to say I'm not mad, but I I ain't I ain't even gonna lie, man. It kind of ruffled my feathers a little bit. Two thousand seven Porsche pop popped up. Pop up Porsche came to visit. My fingers were typing really fast uh, because I was just like, you know, I think that there needs to be an adjustment of expectations. Also, not to mention, like I said, we do this in our, our extra time. You know, we make time to do this outside of the things that we do mm -hmm. to earn a living, you know, to earn for our and families. And we use valuable time that we could be spending with our kids to make this podcast. And so those, uh -huh. those children are very welcome to come in and interrupt and get all the sugar, all the hugs, all the exactly. love and touch that they need. We spend enough time away from them and we want to model that. We want right. to model that. Right. And I, my daughter may come back and listen to this. I don't know, 20 years from now. And I don't want her to feel like I, I edited her out of my life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I guess this may be a personal conviction for me, but I don't, I don't ever want to feel like, oh, that's, you know, she's unnecessary. Right. No, my, my kid is a very, if you want sweet tea, then you're coming here because you want to know Jasmine and Portia. Well, a part of Portia is Emery. Uh -huh. A part of Portia is Mikhail. Mm -hmm. A part of Portia is Regina, who is my mom, who is sitting here, who was also not happy about that comment. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> because like, that's a part of our lives. And so if you want something that's more polished or more curated, then I'd recommend there are a lot of the podcasts yep. and I want you to listen. I want you to stay. I'm not saying that I, I'm, I'm trying to push you off, but I'm just being honest. Yep. You want the tea and I just gave it to you. Boo. That's the tea. And it's just, you know, I 
there are so many podcasts out there. I I listen to history podcasts all the time, and some of them have guests. Some of them have one person talking. Some of them have a cast talking. Some of them have sound effects. Some of them have dramatization. Some of them have. Some of them are my cup of tea. Some of them aren't. And there are right. so many different women with so many different platforms and so many different voices. And if you love our voices, you got to take them as they are. Come on. Take them as are. So, so it's like, you know, it's one thing to say like, Hey, could you press a little bit further into that? Absolutely. For sure. Right. It's a, it's another thing to try to completely change the vibe of our podcast. This is our vibe. Like, this is all intentional. It's not, I, I wouldn't say intentional because I, I'm not intending that my child comes in and says something, but including that and leaving it as is, it's not an afterthought. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. we actually thought about it. And like I said, it may, I'm not going to take away the fact that it may get on somebody's nerves. I'm not going to take away from, from that. Sometimes it works my nerves. Like last week when I did the podcast with uh, Crispin, Emmy was on 1000 and my nerves as a highly anxious person, it was hard, but that's a part of being like, I have to juggle this all the time. I do things um, for another ministry where we record on camera and we have to do other things. And my nerves are always like, and that's definitely more polished than this, right. but they have never, ever, ever once told me, you know, I will just, you know, we got to edit your kid out or make sure your kid is quiet. It's real make life. Sure. Like I said, as black women, we got to edit so much already. I'm not Come editing on. my kids. Yeah. I already edited my anger for you. I'm not editing my kids. Yeah. Come on, girl. I guess like just as far as this being a safe space, it's really important for Portia and I that... I got to stop you. I got to stop you. I got to stop you. Not only a safe space, a real space. A real and, space. And when I, it's not to say that we're not real when we do other things, but there are so many aspects where we have to be, I don't want to say on with brand, but we have to but be conscious. Like when I'm doing the yeah. TGC podcast and where you're doing the grounded podcast, I'm representing TGC. Yeah. You're representing right. Um, right. I'm revival right. arts, you know, and so this is a place where it's just us. Right. We're just representing us. And us. I just, yeah. both of us work in environments. I had such a frustrating week at work last week where I felt like I felt tokenized. I felt taken for granted. And I had to have a really long conversation about it. And it was received well. It was received well. I love my job. Um, I'm the only black person there. You know, that's where I chose to be. Um, right. And I called Portia crying because I was just like so frustrated at the work environment that I was in, that I was having to like mold myself to and figure out and navigate. This is a place where we don't have to do that. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I'm even thinking about me last week with the election. So update to everybody. I lost. Womp, womp, womp. They don't know what they're missing. <laughs> but I just even think about how I felt sitting in the precinct as, so I did like my own poll watching, you know, and I sat in the precinct and just sitting in there as a African-American woman, mm -hmm. seeing very few African-Americans, like my, the, the 
district that I live in is um, predominantly white. Mm -hmm. And so even at the end of the night, when some people approached me, they were like, you're watching the polls, you're in college, you know, you are, um, what are you doing? And I'm like, no. And I opened up my shirt so you can see my campaign. And I'm like, I'm the candidate. And people are like, oh, and you just moved to the area? And I was like, no. You know, it's like just always feeling so less than sometimes yeah. or ignored or, you know, having to so much. Yes. Yes. And I need a space where I feel like it's okay to talk with my friend, to share that with others, but where I don't have to be on brand for somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like even, like I said, even sitting in that precinct, I just felt like I even had to edit my responses in the way because oh, I like, politician Portia. Yes, yes. Papa yes. Portia, politician Portia, priestess Portia, priestess all the Portia. alliterations are. Alliteration is wonderful. Right. I didn't get it right. I'm sorry. <laughs> you think Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers? <laughs> I was trying, but it didn't come out. <laughs> Stop whining for mommy, okay? I guess we're going to have to wrap this up before we lose more listeners because Emmy is quite fussy. Yes, go take care of your baby. Hey, Emmy. Um, As always, guys, we want to remind you that Sweet Tea is a podcast produced by the Area Code Network. To learn more or to subscribe to the newsletter, we encourage you to go to www.areacodenetwork.com. Watching her, like, climb you the whole time that you were saying. On your ear. <laughs> Look, and people don't even realize, Jasmine. They think we just open it's like, I don't want to edit that out. Like, that is real life. But also, I'm proud of myself that I was able to do both of them at the same That is talent. This girl said that so professionally <laughs> while her toddler was climbing her like a tree and pulling <laughs> off her earphones. And did she stutter? <laughs> you want to cut out. You want to cut that out. Thank you, friend. You want to say hey, Jasmine? Say, oh, we were about to get off, so say bye, Jasmine. Bye, baby. Bye. All right. All right, y'all. Peace. Until next time. It's in hot grief, bye. y'all. <laughs> this is an area code podcast.